Welcome to the Daryl Smith Podcast Show. Our voices, our views, our generation. Let's conversate. Hello again, everybody out there on this beautiful Monday, June 29th, 2021. We're in the second week of summer now. Nice and warm, hazy outside. And today I have a great honor to have a guest on my show, Miss Sunny Beam. She's an ordained minister, life coach, and personal coach, and also the writer of this beautiful book here, Mirror, Mirror, The Law of Attraction and Action, Grand Adventures on a Journey to Empowerment. And Sunny, welcome to the show today. Thank you. I'm happy to be here. I appreciate it. I'm glad you're on today, too. So first question I'm going to ask you, could you tell the audience about yourself and your background as a life coach? Well, I had already gotten my master's degree in psychology, and then I did a few months of in actually practicum doing regular therapy sessions, and I realized that I was much too positive and upbeat, and I'm very action-oriented. And I started praying to God like, please show me a way that I can be more positive and upbeat and get these people moving instead of, you know, like some therapists work with people for 10 years. And I like to get people moving towards what do you want to create in your life? And I knew this about me because it was the way that I acted in my life. And so I found myself pretty frustrated with doing therapy work as it was in the old way. And that was 35 years ago. I understand. And I, I agree with that. You definitely are a person about action oriented. I can say firsthand, which I'll talk about a little later too. And then it gets to my next question to kind of piggyback on the first one. How did you become a life and personal coach? Well, in 1983, shortly after I was working as a therapist and had gotten my degree with a master's in psychology, I had a terrible car accident that nearly killed me. I had an out-of-body experience where I was hanging up there looking down at them using the jaws of life to get my body out of the car. And so I was having this very surreal experience. And when I finally came to, because I guess I was unconscious for quite a bit of the time, though I was aware that I was also observing it, but I wasn't feeling any of the pain or the stress or trauma of what was happening. And when I came to, I was on a table with all kinds of machines and everything. And there was this voice that I heard that said, I could have been dead and I've never been to Europe. And it was like, who said that? (laughs) Because I was a scaredy cat. I'd never done any traveling. All I did was work. Life was, you get up in the morning, you go to work, you make money, you pay your bills. I didn't have extra money for drinking or going out to clubs. I was very, because I was also working and getting my master's degree until I was 30 years old. So all of a sudden, there was this new vision and this new, I got to do something about my life. I got to change my life. And it was fierce. There was a fierce, like a tractor beam. If you watch Star Trek, there was this tractor beam on me, drawing me towards changing everything about my life. I sold my house. I liquidated my business. I had a very successful business, but I was kind of a workaholic. I'd never taken a vacation. And just never imagined having enough money to go to Europe. So I sold my house. I just did everything that it took. And then I sold my house and I took the money that was left over after paying the mortgage. And I bought a $500 one-way ticket to London and didn't even have a room reserved. And 
and landed at the airport. Now, this was before cell phones. Yes. This was before internet. Yes. And so I landed at the airport and you read the story about what happened to me. I was praying when I was on the plane saying, gee, I wish I had somebody who would show me around and, and help me. I, I can't believe that I booked this ticket two days ago and I don't even have a room. And I was scared. And so I was going inside and just thinking of the positive outcome that I wanted to have. And I had been chatting with a fellow next to me in the plane. And sure enough, he had people meeting him and they just swooped me up and took me in their car with them and helped me exchange money and helped me find a place that first night. And so the way I became a coach is after a year of being in London and traveling around to other countries, I heard about, I was in a restaurant and these people at the table next to me, I was sitting alone, the people at the table next to me were talking about this coaching program that they were doing. And I was vibrating. I was like, oh my God, (laughs) that sounds fabulous. I love that. And finally, when they finished eating, I somehow mustered up the courage to introduce myself to them and say, I'd like to know more about this coaching program that you're doing. This sounds like you were talking about all the books that I've read and things that I'm interested in. And so I became a client because you have to do the eight sessions before you can go into the training to be a coach. That makes sense. And so I stayed in London for another two years and I would do the coaching program for myself. And then I was so fired up. It helped me like completely get a whole new vision for my life and start moving forward. Then I stayed and did the training and I would work with clients for two weeks and then I'd travel to another country for two weeks. And so I was just going in and out for three years. And I give you credit, Sonny. It takes a lot of courage for somebody to first of all to go somewhere to a place with no return trip, ticket in sight, and a place you've never been to before. Most people will be scared. You know, most of the conventional wisdom is you go somewhere with somebody, especially overseas, go with somebody else or other people. Don't travel by yourself, even domestically, especially for women. I hate to say it. They're told, don't go by yourself. Don't travel by yourself because bad things can happen. But I give you credit for being taking that step out on faith to do something that was outside the box. And it paid off for you. And it segues to my next point. I want to read something here from page 24 of your book, Mirror, Mirror. My family constantly undermined my creative and entrepreneurial spirit, questioning my choices of career and wanting me to do something that they deem safe and secure. To me, it was just like entrapment to work for corporate America. Now, when I read that, it was a light bulb for me. Because before I started this podcast, which started last year, August, but the idea started back in 2017 originally before I actually got a launch last year. My thing is that I have a full-time job working in corporate America and to pay the bills, like you said, and take care of the things that have the secure money coming in. But this thing I'm doing, the podcast I'm doing, and I say almost a year, it's been growing. It's constantly going to continue to grow. I'm doing this because this is my way to eventually break away from that fully to do my own thing and, be, and control my own destiny because you have to have multiple streams of income this day and age. Even with this pandemic, it's really heightening even more. But before that, you had that multiple streams of income because no one's job or no one's position, no matter how good you do, is guaranteed. One day they can wake up and say, oh, we don't like this department how things go. We can lay you off or let you go. And for no reason either. Since Wisconsin is a work to right state, there is no legal recourse unless you work for a union. But most unions are not really around anymore. So you have no, how can I say it, no safety net. And plus, for my generation, Generation X, we don't believe it's going to be so secure around when we retire anyway. 
So we have to start doing things. And this is my segue with the blessing of God, my segue to build this up, grow it, start getting money from this eventually, do it the right way, and take that and do some other things I want to do on my own. Control my own destiny, work for my own self, because it's fine getting a paycheck and, and guaranteed money, but at the end of the day, are you able to control your time? Are you able to travel like you want? Like, I've been to the Bahamas. I've been to other parts of the world, but I've not been to Europe yet. I haven't been to Africa yet. I haven't been to the Middle East. I'm now in the next five years, I have a goal in mind. By 2025, I plan on, or 2026, I plan on going to at least two countries at least by that time, if not more than that. That's my goal now going forward. So that's why I want to have the money and time to do that because you got to have the money to travel, let's be honest, and the time to do that. Sorry, I'm going to go on about that, but I was asking you, what is your thinking about, I may quote to you that you wrote in your book, what is your thought about people being trapped in what they're doing in terms of being entrapped and being told what they do? You think because of the fact that you were told when you're younger to do the conventional thing, and why do you think a lot of people don't step outside the box and do what they really want to do? Because of fear. And that's what keeps people trapped because I got to pay the bills. I got to pay the bills. And the truth is, as an entrepreneur, when you find something that you really resonate with, that you really love, you have so much more passion and energy to do the work that it takes to do it. And that's why as a coach, I am always coaching and encouraging any of my clients to also have something else on the side that they're building, that ignites their passion, that they have a desire to be around a certain kind of people so that I'm helping them to grow in different ways, not just climb the corporate ladder. And it's been one of the big things that I do. So I love entrepreneurial coaching ever since I became an entrepreneur. 40 years ago. Yes. And you've known me long enough to know that I often, even though I'm coaching, which is totally entrepreneurial, but often if I find something else that I'm passionate about or that has helped me in my life, I'll become a distributor for it. And that'll be a part-time extra money flow too. And so I can always say, there is always money flowing into my life easily and effortlessly. And I am always abundant. I always have plenty for what I need and plenty to share. And that's good. That's why I just said multiple streams of income is yes. very important. Yes. Like you said, I mean, in terms of that, that's very important. But another thing I was going to say about that quote is about you said your parents. Now, you said in the book, your parents grew up in the Great Depression. Yes. And I find a lot of people who grew up in the Great that time because the Great Depression, a lot of people in that era either were born or young kids at the time who became adults. They did a conventional thing. They worked at a job for 40, 50 years. Got, got the gold watch, retired, blah, blah, blah. Here in this time and age, most people don't work at companies for 40, 50 years anymore, not even 10 years. Right. If you're there for 10 years or more at a job, you're like Asian. You're like, you're gold. But I find most people, most jobs, three to five years. And if you don't move up within a certain position or do what you want to do, you're on to the next thing. I don't think that's job hopping. I think that's just the way that we're a more fluent work society. It's not 25, 30 years anymore. Because first of all, to get to that point, it's, you have to be in a great place where a company's going to treat you right. Great culture. But I'm, from my experience, I worked at a couple of different companies. I'm going to say the names. But the place I work for, sometimes I see people, including myself, people get passed over for promotions or get passed over for certain things who are good people who would have done a great job in that position or in that department, but they got passed over because they weren't in the right crowd or didn't know the right individuals. That's why starting your own business like I'm doing, and I'm still going to keep my full-time job until this really manifests itself because I got to keep the money for them to be smart to pay the bills first. But once this does, 
I can step into my own space fully and spread my wings all the way like I want to. You have one life to live, and you should be able to live it to the fullest. And this is how you are following your passion. You're doing the right and responsible things to make sure that you are a dependable adult and can pay all your bills. Yes. But you are following your passion in pursuing doing this kind of work because you have a wonderful, intelligent mind. You have a questioning and curious mind, and you also have a great voice for doing this. Well, thank you very much. And this podcast town is a fabulous place to support you in doing this for a very reasonable price. So it all works. And a shout out to Elsie Fernar for that too. He's yeah. doing a great job with his companies and it's doing big things. He's growing even more, but thanks a lot for that. But, and I'm very impressed with it already. Yeah, so this is a first class operation, I have to say. From him to his team is first class it all is. the way. Next question I have for you is that kind of about the coaching part. Why do you think it's important for adults, especially people in Gen X, to see a life and personal coach? Well, because most people get caught in their own mind, in their own box, and what their family tells them, and what their school told them, and what their church told them. And they have a narrow and boxed-in concept of who they are and what they can do. Where, as a coach, I am also highly intuitive and have some special gifts in that I'm clear audio and I can see things that they can't see for themselves. And I help them to see themselves in a bigger way and also to start building dreams. Because lots of people, if you tell them what your dream is, they'll go, oh, why would you want to do that? Or how do you think you're going to do that? You're only this now. Whereas I'm always, yes, tell me more, tell me more. And what if you did this? And I'm always giving them insights of how they can look into something or what else they can do. Like you just said, you wanted to take two international trips a year. That's one of your dreams. At least by 2026, I want at least to go two countries by that time. Okay. Well, I can tell you how to do it almost free because I have personally done this and many of my clients have. There are English immersion schools in Italy and Spain and Switzerland and all over in Europe. An English-speaking person can go there for free. You stay at a resort for a week, and all your food and all your lodging is free. All you had to do is pay the airfare, and you get to meet these people, and all you have to do is speak English. They want to hear our accent. They want to get better. They've studied English all their lives, but they want to become fluent in conversational English. So right here and right now, I'm doing a little coaching with you that you don't have to have $5,000 to go to Europe. (laughs) You can go for a $500 plane ticket. And that's very reasonable for most people to do $5 plane ticket. Well, yeah, but that's how much I usually get a plane ticket for when I go a round trip plane ticket to Spain or London or you got to be clever about doing the internet. I see a lot of people, they on their assumption, like you say, you need $1,000 to yeah, travel right. abroad, but it's not necessarily the case. No. I mean, no. that's something that people are told. That's a myth that they put out there. Yes. And what you said about starting your own thing, like I can say firsthand, like whenever you start your own business, doing your own thing, there's going to be a lot of naysayers about yes. why you want to do that and why you want to do this instead of working a regular job and get conventional money. But you know, but like I said, step out of the box, step out on faith. In order to get to where you want to go in life, I believe you have to do the unconventional to get to where you want. You can't just do all the conventional all the time. You got to do things that are not the norm. That's how most successful people are now who are very successful monetarily and passionate what they do. 
they did something they were not told to do when they were younger. Right. And that's what it's all about. Yeah, you're right. It does take courage. But if you don't do something that pushes you to your limits, you're going to be missing out on opportunities. And you're going to be missing out on the thrill of life and doing something that you are passionate about. So when you say, what do you tell the Gen Xs? Do something that you're passionate about. Even if it's just part-time, even if it's only once a week, you'll find ways to build it into a, at least a part-time career, if not full-time. And what you say also with that, since like me, I'm 42 years old, people in my generation are 40s to 50s who are in that phase where I believe from 40 to 50 is that range where you have opportunity to make your most money, either from a job and or business ventures. That 40 to 50, maybe 60, 55, 60 age span out at the most to make your most income. So you want to put yourself in a position by the time you get to your late 50s or 60s or whatever, you are financially set to the point where you can, quote unquote, early retirement. Instead of working at 70, 75 years old, try not to retire early to enjoy life, to travel, enjoy the things, enjoy family, enjoy that relationship you have or whatever. Because if, like you say, you were a workaholic before when you were doing that, when you work so much, you miss out on maybe. Developing time in a personal relationship with the opposite sex, to give right. an example, or, or your family or friends. And you miss out on those things that you, you can't take back. You can't get your time back. Right. So I think that's very important for my generation. And like I said, I can say firsthand to everybody, I met you back in 2010 through Laura Nicol- mutual friend, Laura Nicolás. I was going to grad school, and I was telling about some things I had going on, some frustration I had about some things. I said, well, won't you see Sonny? And I met you. And from there, I've known you ever since. And I've seen you for three different coaching sessions. The most recent one was May 10th we met. And I still got that seat you gave me about the goals, the checkpoint. I have like, I got half of the goals already checked off since we met. I still got a little bit to go, but I'm knocking out each one, one at a time. Yeah. And I can tell everybody firsthand, when you write things out, to the audience, when you write things out and you have it in front of you, you're more likely to stay to those goals. Because when you visualize and you see it, it's going to keep you on task of what you need to do to take care of knock these goals out eventually. And that's how a coach is incredibly helpful for getting people to move faster. Things that you could possibly do in five or six years in your own life will usually get done in one or two years if you're working with a coach. I agree with that. Yeah. And that speeds up the time frame. Yes. Cut that down because so you got one life to live. And you're always going to be making money faster when you're working with a coach. I definitely agree with that. The next question is, that, can you talk about the idea behind writing your book, Mirror, Mirror? Well, I took this journey because it was my time to discover myself. All I'd been was you do what you're told and you work at the job that you're told and they tell you what to do. And I really had no, I was 30 years old and I still had no clue who I really was. And so when I took this journey, as you read it, every chapter is a new discovery of me. And like there was one chapter called Trapped in an Ashram. And I thought I needed to learn how to be peaceful within myself before I left and went to Europe. I didn't want to just go over there and do discos every night and be a wild child. I, <laughs> and I was back in the late 70s too, so I was discos big at that time. <laughs> right. Yes, yes. And, well, actually, I went over in the 80s. Oh, well, it went to dance music from disco. Yeah. But anyway, that's another story. So it was my journey. And then when I came back as a coach and was doing a lot of public speaking because I paved the roads for the coaches out there now. When I came back from Europe, 
It was the only company that was training people how to be coaches. Nobody in the United States was talking about coaching at all. Tony Robbins was a puppy when I came back and started coaching and nobody was doing it. And so I was doing a lot of public speaking about the difference between therapy and coaching, that coaching is for people who are already healthy and want to make more out of their lives and get it done faster. But we bring up a great point. I want to ask you this question that just came to my head about Tony Roberts and Les Brown and other people like that who are nationally known, international, since him, since he's financially, he's got a house in a Fuji or a state over there. Yeah. How do some life coaches like him, Les Brown, or especially Tony Roberts, how does individuals become, the lack of a better word, filthy rich, while some other life coaches are not really known? How do you think that happens? How do they separate themselves from that? Because that was his clear intention, that he wanted to have that much money. For me, it always scared me to think about <laughs> having $10 million. He's like, well, we're that. Hundreds of millions of dollars. Honest to God, my mind couldn't go that big. And even though there were people who came to me and said, Sonny, you can have this empire and we'll do this <laughs> and we'll do this and we'll do this. My mind couldn't go there. And... I wanted love. So what snagged me up three different times was I fell in love, built businesses for them using the principles that I have. They became millionaires. I didn't have the millionaire consciousness. I can help people double their income. I've helped three chiropractors triple their income. They doubled their income in the first year and they tripled it in the second year. And I can help other people But I like my life more controllable. I like to spend my time out in my backyard. Another wrong day. Or right in front of Lake Michigan. I didn't want my life as intense as some of these other people. So it just depends on what you want out of your life. But I live debt-free. I paid off my house in three years. So that means I haven't had a mortgage payment in 16 years. Most people can't say that. The people nope. like, well, you told me that before, like, three years, that's phenomenal. I, yes. Now, mm-hmm. obviously, individuals might be worth a lot of money, but are they really happy with what they're doing? Because sometimes having that type of money or that type of lavish items don't necessarily mean that you're happy overall. Right, right. You have to keep up a certain status and then think about you. You don't know more privacy. Right. Everyone knows about your personal business that, don't, that you don't know. Right. So that's one thing you lose. You lose the anonymity. Mm-hmm. When you become to be that big internationally. But this book that you're talking about, which I'm going to talk about in a minute, might change that for you in the next few years. But before we get to yeah. that, my next question I have is that you kind of talked about this already, but I was going to mention about, could you please describe the incident in the book that you talked about that changed your life, overall perspective in life, not only from the fact you've never been to Europe, but how did it change you physically or psychologically after going through the accident, if any at all? I had a huge vision of doing something different than I'd ever done in my life. And when I tried, it's like it wouldn't let me go backwards. The vision took hold of me and I gave away all my furniture. I because of the business that I had before, I had a five-bedroom house that fully furnished. It was my dream home. I was already living a really good life, but I was never taking vacations. And ever since I came back from Europe, I still go to Europe every year. That's good. So you get this vision. So it was that accident and that out-of-body experience that gave me a whole new perspective on life and forced me to walk forward. Because when I tried to go back, and in fact, at the time, right after my accident, within the year after, my father died. And in his will... The three children were supposed to inherit his meatpacking plant. 
but we had to work in the meatpacking plant. Oh, yeah. And it was worth millions. Oh, I know, yeah. And after trying to work there for a few months, like maybe (laughs) six, less than six months, I was dying. I was dying, and I thought, this is going to kill me. I don't care if I'll get millions out of this. This isn't worth it. So I told my dad and my sister, I said, I can't do this. This is killing me. This isn't what I'm best at. This isn't what I'm meant to do. And they said, well, you know, if you walk away, you don't get any of the money. And I walked away for millions. Most people would have probably had a hard time walking away from that. Right. Let's be honest. Right. But your overall health and your mind and spirit is more important. Yes. Especially if you're dying. If you can survive it, what's worth it if you're not going to be able to enjoy it? No. It doesn't make any sense. No. They took me and my personality because my sister took over as managing. And she stuck me in a sausage kitchen. So I was making sausages all day and not talking to anybody. And I have a mind that is curious and I love to learn and I love to read and I love to teach. And so when you ask me how this book came about, when I came back from Europe and was doing public talks and was teaching classes, people would hear my stories and they'd say, Sonny, You've led such a fabulous life. Why don't you write a book? Why don't you put these stories in a book? And finally, after 10 years, I said, okay, God, if you want me to write this book, make it easy. Because the things that in my mind, it was like, I'm the queen of run-on sentences. I don't like to punctuate. <laughs> like, I had all these fears, which everybody does about writing a book. Almost definitely. And so I said, okay, God, if you want me to write this book, make it easy. Send me somebody who will do all the punctuation and make it easy. And three days later, I was at a networking meeting, and there were eight of us sitting around a table. And we each stood up and introduced ourselves. And this woman stood up and says, I'm Kira Henschel, and I help you write your book. And I looked at her and I went, okay, I need to talk to you. And in four months, that book was done. Wow, that's great because most books take, I think, about a year or so before they they get published. Yeah. Four months is a very fast speed to get a book out. Yes. And that's all the editing, the rewrites, everything. That four months is, I'm impressed. Kira was fabulous to work with. And I also totally disciplined myself. My life was very, very busy. And the time that I used to go out dancing at night was between 10 o'clock and midnight. So I told myself that for four months, I was going to sit down at my computer and write between 10 and midnight every single night, five nights a week. And I did. And then I would email it to her She gets up at four o'clock in the morning. She would do the editing. And by 10 o'clock, it was back in my email box, completely edited. Wow, that's great. We were an awesome team. Like I said, networking, you met her. If you didn't go to that meeting, you wouldn't have met her. Right. And it was also law of attraction. I put out a clear intention that I was now willing to do the book. And I asked for help from the higher power from the universe. I said, okay, God, send somebody to me. Like a law of attraction. Law of attraction. Whatever energy you put out, the type of energy you're going to get back. Yes. You put positive energy, you get positive energy. If you put negative energy, you unfortunately get negative energy. Yes. People understand how much that law of attraction is so pivotal in our lives. Yeah. So that's great. That's great. And the next question I have for you is, how have your discussions have developed with the screenwriter about turning this into a, a major motion picture or movie? I'm so excited about that because five years ago, I wrote down on a five-year goal that I wanted to have a screenwriter contact me because people can spend years with their books going after, looking, pitching to screenwriters. I wanted somebody to fall in love with the story and call me. 
And so because of COVID, suddenly my life slowed down to barely a tiptoe through the tulips. Like everybody else. Because before that, I was always speaking and traveling and seeing clients. And suddenly I was on stall. And a woman who lives in Philadelphia read this book. She called me up. She said, I love your story. It is powerful. It is about women's empowerment. It is dynamic. And she said, Netflix and Hollywood are looking for stories like this now because we've just gone through this time where everybody is depressed and everybody has been dragged down through the worst of it. And she said, you know, all the movies right now that are winning Oscars, yes, they were fabulous performances, but last year's Oscars were all downers. Yes, they were. Yeah, unfortunately, they were. <laughs> and she said, Netflix and Hollywood are looking for books like this. I'm a screenwriter. I want to write your story. And you want to say, what's her name? Her name is Catherine Shevsky. Okay, Catherine Shevsky. From Philadelphia. Okay. And she's fabulous to work with. We talk every Thursday night as she's developing this. She'll call me because you can't write the whole book into a script. No. And this no. book is very much like Eat, Pray, Love. Many people have said to me, this book is like a cross between the book Eat, Pray, Love and the book The Secret, because it's learning how to use the law of attraction, whereas Eat, Pray, Love wasn't learning. It was just a woman's story. Like you're saying, you can't write the whole book into a movie. You take certain parts of it for entertainment purposes to get people to watch it. You put certain parts in there. They might not be the exact days those happen, like a lot of books turn into movies, but you try to make it as close to it as possible so it'd be authentic, but also make it where people can watch it too, because not saying that no one will watch. This book is a phenomenal book from what I read, but you got to make it where entertainment value, let's be honest. Yeah. When you put the money into it, you want to get the money back, return investment, all this stuff like that. And I know you said, you told me last time that your, your dream actor to play this role would be Reese Witherspoon. Yes. She's positive. She's dynamic. She's not only a fabulous actress, but she's a fabulous entrepreneur. That's right. She has her own production company, and now she's directing movies. And she looks like me when I was 30. Yeah, she does. <laughs> I, I saw a picture when you were young. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 What would you send her if you had a chance to meet her in person? Oh, my gosh. Well, I would just tell her how much I admire her because she is dynamic in every way. And she is an action person. She not only talks about it, she takes action on it. She doesn't waste any energy in her life. So that's the way I am. So I, like, totally admire her and what she's doing in the world and about women's empowerment. She's very devoted to making movies about women's empowerment. Yes, she is. So we're a fit. Yeah, that'd be great. That'd be great. Once it gets to that point, it's when it becomes a, ready to be set for a movie. Yeah. Which we won't be until at least next year. Right. Or before 2023, hopefully, be set for, start the production for the movie. And then also, the nice thing about it, they'll be able to come here to Milwaukee. Yes. To shoot the movie, because a lot of stuff happened in Milwaukee. Yes. Well, not all those. Some things happened overseas, too, when you went over there. But you were here in the Milwaukee area before you went over to Europe after your accident. So it'd be nice to have another movie shot here in Milwaukee area. Well, in Milwaukee, one of the reasons I love Milwaukee and have moved away and moved back eight different times is because Milwaukee has a lot of beautiful old world European craftsmanship and buildings. And we could work around this. If some of the filming was done in Milwaukee, even though it may have taken place in Europe, Milwaukee has European buildings. Very true. 
Yeah, a lot of people come from out of town. Tell me, we do have a lot of old architecture. It's old, beautiful architecture from way back from 1890, some 1900. So it's very nice design. This city's got a lot of beauty, a lot of festivals. We got a lot of things we have to work on, like a lot of cities. Milwaukee is an untapped city. Yeah. And the fact that the, make a pun, the Bucks and the Brewers are doing very well, putting us on a national spotlight too, doesn't hurt either. Right. So that helps out a lot. Yeah, so I mean, I'm looking forward to this when it does become a movie. Yeah, I'm excited. Oh, yeah. And being able to talk with her every, it isn't like some people, they will sell their book to a movie company and then they lose all control oh, over you don't what want to happens. Do that. You don't want to do that. I'm not doing that. No. And so it's really fun to be collaborating and working back and forth. And she calls me and she says, now, what was your motivation to do this? If I built a scene around this, because they want to build in, you know, the lead in and then a yeah, peak yeah. experience or a drama or trauma, you got to have that going on. Or she says, we got to keep people interested. So we're picking out the things that are particularly exciting and have the drama in. Speaking of that, if y'all talk about it, Potential list of directors, maybe? Well, Reese Witherspoon is a director. Was she going to do both, you think? She has done in other movies. Oh, okay, that's right, that's right. But if she decided to produce and direct, I would totally trust whoever she chose to play me. Okay, okay. That's good, that's good. My last question for you is that what's the one piece of advice you would tell anyone about the benefits of seeing a life and personal coach? It can speed up the process of getting more out of your life faster because we can spend so much time whirling around in our minds going, what if, what if, what if, and staying stuck in our fears. And a coach will help you get past your fears to say, but if you did this, you could have this and this could come quicker. And it absolutely does. When you're working with a coach, it will always bring out your peak performance because you'll have somebody there who's coaching you, encouraging you, uplifting you, telling you what you're best at, and loving you through the process, even if you're dragging your anchor sometimes. Well, what's the difference between a life coach and a motivation speaker? Is there any difference between the two, you think? Well, some life coaches are also motivational speakers. Like Tony Robbins? Yeah. Well, he started out as a motivational speaker. He was not doing life coaching. Uh, that's right. That's right. He was Okay. So most of these motivational speakers found that this could be a lovely extra avenue. But the people who are really, really devoted to doing life coaching are usually helpers. The personality type who's a helper, they love, they get so much personal satisfaction out of helping one person at a time. And that's the other thing that kept me smaller because when I got bigger and was doing a lot of traveling and doing a lot of seminars, I didn't have as much time to do the personal one-on-one -on -one work. And my team who was promoting me was saying, Sonny, you don't have time for that anymore. You don't have time. But that yeah. was what made my heart happy. And so I chose, just like I chose to walk away on inheriting millions from my family, I chose to walk away from the opportunity to build an empire that would pay me millions because my heart was happy being more peaceful, being more quiet in the world, and helping one person at a time. And now I have people who are sending me their children or their grandchildren, <laughs> okay, wow. people that I coached okay. 10 years ago or 30 years ago, are now sending me their children and grandchildren. And I'm thrilled 
because I know that every person that I helped, they became better parents. They became better grandparents. And now I'm getting to help their kids. Like you said, if you'd have built an empire, you would have had, I mean, first of all, it takes a lot of work to maintain an empire. You got people working for you, but you have to make sure you have the right people in place. Because if you get the right wrong people in there, it could definitely mess your empire up in one step of a finger. And that's a lot of work to build and a lot of work to maintain. Like you said, you lose your privacy. You don't have, you can't walk around the earth being anonymity. So I think you did the right thing. And like I said, you're fine financially. You don't need $120 million to make your life happy. Even they wouldn't be hurt, but you don't need all that type of money to be happy and financially set, to be honest. You can't take it with you to the grave, put it like that. Right. So what you can take, we can't take nothing with you. Once you leave this earth, you leave earth, that's it. So I had to coach myself to totally listen to my inner voice about what was best, what would give me contentment, peace, and joy. And that's what I coach my clients on, not how to be millionaires. <laughs> yeah. But if being a millionaire will make you happy, go for it. Yeah. And I yes. will help you. But I'm always talking to people about what will bring you contentment, peace, and joy. Because that's the greatest value, yes. the greatest yes. gift yes. we can be experiencing and having while we live on this planet. Peace of mind. Peace of mind. You cannot buy peace of mind. It is my most valuable asset. Very true. And then before we sign off here, Sonny, tell people how they can, uh, if they want to see you for life coach session, how can people reach you? Okay. My website is www.sunnyboehme.com. Even though lots of people call me Sunny Beam, <laughs> because <laughs> I am that beam. <laughs> and I do, I still do a $20 one hour discovery session because I love helping people. And even though it's great value too, I have corporate executives who pay me hundreds of dollars. I work on a sliding scale because I love helping people. So my email is sunny.boom at gmail.com. Or you can call me on my cell phone, 414-217-4052. But look at my website, because on the very first page of my website, there are 10 people giving two-minute clips about how their lives changed. I like the front page. It's very nice on the website. It's very nice put together. and Definitely gives people a nice little preview of what you offer, which is good. Thank you. Well, Sonny, I want to, first of all, thank you again for coming on to the show. It was an honor to have you on today. And when this does become set to be set for a movie, I'm going to definitely have you back on. All right. Yes, yes please. Yes, yes. We will celebrate that together. Uh, it'd be nice. It'd be a nice celebration. be a great celebration. And then, with that being said, everybody, thank you again for listening to this great show we had today with Sonny Beam. Until then, everyone be safe. Please take care of yourself. And also, happy 4th of July to everybody, too, coming up. And I'm out. <laughs> <laughs>